So yeah, that PBA thing is uh, it's an all star clash. Whoa, yeah. Which I don't know, like what. Yeah, who do you think you are? I mean, it's, I it's an indiv- sure it's an individual sport, so I don't I don't understand. Yeah, the concept well, behind it. Uh, well, sometimes they do like team stuff where it's like every other. No, I know, but this is like an in, this is like an individual. It's just like Mookie Betts and Chris Paul. It's basically like just a, another tournament. I mean, Bill O'Neill, he just made PBA history. He he, uh, he did. first ever WWE Championship style title. So I guess you you bowl and then someone comes at you and you have to wrestle them to the ground. And if you give them a hook, you get a strike i don't know wait are you serious i i don't know I, that's, <laughs> I just, it, they say first ever pba no i know first i ever saw WWE that but i don't know what that title. means so yeah look into some bowling i never found out what happened to that pinball thing either oh really yeah that guy was going for like yeah. the all-time record and then covid happened and like that guy was on the cusp of pinball history <laughs> professional pinball history not just the like, what do you what does a professional stuff? pinballer make top players make between three and five thousand dollars a year for pin for pinball for pinball yeah three to five well, whoever wins Damn. the papa p-a-p-a i don't know what that means wins ten thousand in one shot but that's only one person at one event each year and they probably take it all in quarters so they can practice. So, <laughs> I think we I think we covered that on like it's a episode, hard scratch living episode like twenty two right before COVID happened. We discussed what the you remember pop-pop the episode was. numbers like that like episode twenty two. I, I don't know. Man. I don't even I'm know what episode produ- number I'm the producer we're on. here. I'm, I know I'm you should know. You should know. There's a filing cabinet up here, and yeah. it's got all of our stuff in it. Well, you know what the filing cabinet up here is. What's that? What we're talking about today? Oh, on the show. Not talking much football today. Instead, talking a little NBA draft coming up. Big stuff. Talking a little hot stove and baseball and a little MLB awards. Welcome in to another edition of 30 Racks Sports. It's a little AM recording session, uh, 30 Racks. So recording before the uh, Browns take on the Texans and the Bengals take on the Steelers. So... Going a little bit different in the show, as we mentioned in our open. Talking a little bit of soccer, basketball, baseball, but we'll still get you all your sports need, news and needs, as well as, of course, some beer drinking and some beer news. But uh, before we get into all that, my name's Greg. I'm the talent. I run things around here. I keep these two. Runs things. I know, right? These two, I mean, just issues, really, at bay. Really, it's just. Two problem children that I have to kind of reel in. The one to my right is a guy whose team is, whose Big Ten team is behind Indiana in the standings. Did I see that correctly? I mean, behind Indiana in the Big Ten standings. by a technicality. It's Zach. Zach, Mr. Mr. Second place. How's it going? (laughs) Ohio State can't help it that Maryland was so freaked out about playing Ohio State that they all went and got COVID. Can't help that. Man, you're we'll really, find out next you're Saturday. You're trying to get them riled up. At the find out next man. Saturday. We'll find I'm out. actually excited. Thank you, Indiana, for actually putting something together so at least play a ranked team. Yeah, there you hey, go. Hey, there you go. Yeah. At least Everybody something. could use that. And then the other problem child to my left, a guy who really tried to bungle this show up, making us record this early in the a.m. with no football news. It's our producer on the ones and twos. It's Josh. Hey, man. Josh, is... how excited are you for a morning recording and 
the Bengals game today versus Steelers. Yeah, well, this is this is your guys, you know, your big NBA draft show and talking hot stove over there. This, these are your guys' shows. This one's you guys built this one. I'm just here to produce it. So I'm happy that we're recording in the morning. I will say, if you see us duck at any point on our videos or exclaim loudly during our audio recording, it is quite blusterous in Cincinnati this morning. Uh, it it was uh, 80 degrees and sunny a minute ago, and now it, uh, I think, is 45 and storming. I've had the AC and the heat on already today. Yeah, so. it's, it's been pretty wild. Uh, I think, uh, so we record the show in segments, not to pull back the curtain too much, but in the half an hour show, <laughs> in the like half an hour we've been recording, it's gone from sunny to stormy to super windy, back to sunny, now back to windy again, just in 30 minutes. So you're, you're lovely Ohio. Ohio. But yeah, I'm excited for this show because we're, uh, we're taking a break from football, um, and we've got uh, Cy Young winners in Ohio, the pitching state to talk about. Um, and like I said, you guys each have your own uh, yeah. big NBA draft segment and then talking some hot stove later. Yeah, so hot stove, baby. Let's get into it. Get but it first, guys. Go. Oh, well, I think we yes, need a beer. First. You're right. Yes. Let's crack that beer. Oh. Beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's cool. Our beer of the week for this week comes from Cleveland, Ohio, and our friends at Platform Brewing. Another interesting brew for today, guys. We are drinking the Platform Bon Bonnery Opera Cream Coffee Stout. Now, uh, Platform teaming up. With the Bon Bonnery on Madison Road in Cincinnati, a, a lovely place for for pastries and all that, you know, all the kind of baking goods. So teamed up to uh, do a stout based on their opera cream. Uh, is it a pie or is it a cake? Or looking uh, at that, looking at the yeah. I, I some kind of confectionery. That part I'm sure of. It's like a cake, dude. I, I, yeah, it's some sort of confectionery. Oh, let's go with that. Some kind of confectionery. It, it could be a double layered pie oh my God. or <laughs> something. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a fucking cake. Uh, I did want to know. I'm looking at their website. They have a cranberry jelly donut. Yeah, so pastry General pastry. Yeah, a lot of pastry collabs. Uh, yeah. This one's a uh, pretty cool though. I'm, I haven't tried it yet. I feel like it's going to blow my mind just because the cake on the can looks so good. It is very good. Definitely has the the coffee taste, which is nice as we're recording before noon. So that yeah, it does. Nice it hits you with the coffee mm. taste, but you also get kind of like some of the uh, the chocolate malt and whatnot. Right. Looking at it, it is actually brewed with um, some opera cream coffee beans to kind of supplement the flavor. So you definitely get the coffee to it. Also, some uh, some chocolate malts and whatnot. So you definitely get the coffee flavor and the chocolate flavor yeah this is really well done you're getting you're getting everything in here it's also got mm -hmm. a crisp crystal hops which you can definitely taste in there but you yeah the the malt the maltiness of it is really good and then that cake brings the sweet in it's it's really well done really I, well done i would almost take this as like uh you know one of your dessert beers or something i mean it does have the coffee so like obviously don't mind drinking yeah. it a little early but it's one of those things that I think you have like a nice dinner and then you finish it up with one of these nice like cake coffee stouts. Oh, definitely. Instead of actual cake. Right. And it's not, it's or not. Maybe with cake. Well, you could do it with cake. It's not too big of a heavy. I think you could do it with cake because it's not, for a stout, it's not super heavy. It's only 5.8%. Um, so it wouldn't be like too overbearing and too puts you to sleep, I don't think. 
personally. I don't know. What does that say about me? It says you like to. I mean, it's I like top. Says you're I lightweight. Like, is I like what cake that and says. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, definitely one of the more impressive stouts we've had. Mm-hmm. Full of flavor. Uh, I'm a big cake guy, so I was really excited to try this. It's nice that you get kind of some of the like the cream flavor and the chocolate flavor along with the coffee stout. So something that's really impressive and I think something that we're going to enjoy drinking for the rest of the show. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit more as Zach gives us his wonderful words when he reads the can. But uh, we're going to move into sports now. Do a little headlines. Headlines with Greg. The Cats are roaring as Cincinnati takes down ECU 55-17 to to continue their perfect season up to 7-0. Desmond Ritter combined for over 400 total yards and four touchdowns as the Bearcats dispatch the Pirates. UC now faces their toughest test of the season next weekend as they head to the Bounce House in Orlando to face UCF at 3-30. In Central Ohio... The Buckeyes got their Saturday matchup with Maryland postponed due to COVID in the Maryland locker room. The Buckeyes now turn their sights towards Bloomington as Ohio State faces Indiana next Saturday in a battle of the last two undefeated teams in the Big Ten East. And finally, the Cy Young stays in Ohio just as Ohio native Cy Young would have wanted, with Shane Bieber being another Indian to take home the AL Cy Young and Trevor Bauer being the first Red ever to take home the Cy Young in the NL. The award stays completely in the state of Ohio for the first time ever, and the second time ever that the award has stayed in just one state. And those are your OH headlines. We got our six-pack of stats. Six stats this week. About the Cy Young, of course, being awarded this week, we had the first ever All-Ohio Cy Young Boom, baby. award ceremony with Better than Trevor Bauer. Nope, the pitching uh, state. The pitching state. With Trevor Bauer winning the NL Cy Young for the Reds and Shane Bieber, the unanimous AL Cy Young winner for the Indians. So big week in Cy Young news. In Ohio, of course, Ohio native Cy Young would probably be proud to see the award staying in his home state. Well, exactly. So. Both of them. Both of them. So big to see there. Uh, our first stat, 117, guys. First number, 117. Ooh. 117. That is the total number of Cy Young awards ever given. Uh, the first 11 years was just one for the entire Major League Baseball in the last 53 years have been one AL and one NL. So, of course, first time in 117 awards, it's been all Ohio. And the first one of the 117 awards that's been given to a Cincinnati Red. Yes, it's about time. About time the Reds got one. Six, Zach. Six is the number of Cy Youngs awarded to members of the Cleveland Indians. Five different pitchers have won. Yup. Six Cy Youngs, with five of six coming in the last 13 years. You have, of course, Bieber this year, Kluber, two recently. Twice. 07, 08, back-to-back with CeCe and Cliff Lee. And then way back when... Gaylord. One Gaylord, Gaylord. Perry, of course. Gay Perry, as we have to call Gay him. Gay Perry. Professionally. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show. Gay Friend Perry, of the show. Really. So, uh, the Cy Young has 
had a constant stable in Cleveland over the last 13 years. They produced it like nobody else, man. Five of the 13 awards going to Northeast Ohio. Seven. Seven is the most Cy Youngs won by one player. Six AL, one NL, even though all the teams that he won with are now in the AL. Roger Clemens, seven Cy Youngs. Four different teams, Boston, Toronto, New York, and then won the NL Cy Young with the the Houston Astros before they moved into the AL West recently, of course. So Roger Clemens, not a Hall of Famer. Why? I, he's just not in the Hall of Fame. Should oh we boy. get into this? Oh he's just not in the Hall of Fame. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Should we discuss that? <laughs> no, I, it's not, no, I think he is, but he's not currently in the no, Hall of Fame. No, I know, I know. Not currently I'm, in the I'm Hall of well Fame. I'm well aware. There's like just, a whole thing about that. Barry Bonds. Yeah, Barry Bonds. Also, Sammy Sosa, Hall of Famer yeah. in my mind. Thank you. I don't know. Rafael Palmeiro. Hall of Famer in my mind. At least he admitted it. Palmeiro, yeah. At least he admitted it. After going to Congress and pointing the finger. Yeah, sometimes you gotta go to Congress and point the finger a little bit. Who among us has not gotten? I mean, he Congress? he held up better than Mark Zuckerberg does in Congress. Yeah, so. that's true. We'll, we'll get into that one in a different wow. segment. But to try to save us from ourselves, we'll move to two. Two is the least number of wins recorded by a Cy Young winner. Trevor Bauer was five and four this year, mm-hmm. but actually not the least number of wins by a Cy Young winner. 2003, Eric Gagne only had wow. two wins. Two wins, three losses, but also 55 saves. So that might have really been what happened. And 100 doses of steroids. Maybe like 56 <laughs> steroids. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But ERA under two, but only two wins. So Trevor Bauer, though, in the shortened season, not the least number of wins by a Cy Young winner. Numbers 18, guys. 18. 18 is the Number of unanimous Cy Young winners in MLB history, with the most recent being Shane Bieber in 2020. The Shanimal. The Shanimal. Shanimal. I mean, winning, also winning the Triple Crown, one of four pitchers to ever win the Triple Crown and the Cy Young in the AL. Uh, you know, a couple I think guys Verlander like, was the last one. Some Verlander, I believe some guy named Pedro was, was on that mm. list. I don't know if you ever. And then I believe a, uh, a Johan, I believe. A Johan, a Johan Santana. Of course, Yohei and Santana also on that list. And our last stat is three. Unanimous Cy Youngs, like we said, only 18 of them. But one pitcher has three of those 18 unanimous Cy Youngs. Uh, 63, 65, 66. All one unanimous by this former UC pitcher, the lefty Sandy Koufax. So it all comes back to Ohio. Nice Cy job. Revolves around Ohio, of course. Ohio native Cy Young, unanimous winner Sandy Koufax, Cy Young winners Bauer and Bieber. I'm disappointed. All Ohio. I'm disappointed, Greg. You didn't get the. Do you know uh, how many times the Cy Youngs have been from the same state? Just twice. Uh, 1974, the A's are the Dodgers, Mike Marshall, and then mm. the A's, great pitcher name, Catfish Hunter. Oh, oh big, nice. big Catfish Hunter guy. Big, I mean, I thought we all knew this. Guy. I thought that was just common knowledge. Ohio making history in their pitching. I also have to credit uh, uh, Anthony Castrovinci from MLB.com for this awesome line. Uh, Ohio was not a swing state this year. It was a swing and miss state. Oh, that's a good one. That's a tops to you, sir. (laughs) That's a good one. What? Oh, no. I like that one. A swing and miss state. Yeah. And 
I guess Zach liked that one, but I'd call that a swing and miss of a joke, too. Oh. oh okay, great. I like it. Yeah, I like it. from this fucking have guy over that. here. Have him do that. So we're talking some uh, association here this morning. Talking Thank goodness. Some, talking some rock. Some real sports. Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night is the NBA draft. So excited. We haven't talked basketball. So been, excited. Been quite a long time since we talked some basketball on the show. And yes, I know Greg is super excited to talk about the NBA draft. Minnesota Timberwolves with the first pick Wednesday evening on ESPN. So, Greg. Who are big? Who are big lookers this year? Who's 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 our top ten prospects in this draft? All right, so we're gonna start off with a name that probably a lot of people are familiar with. I think there are really three names that you should look at Minnesota potentially taking with their number one overall pick. The first one is uh, a familiar name to a lot of people in the basketball circle, or people that just love loud mouths that love to go on CNN and scream at people. So. It is the Youngest brother of Lonzo Ball. You mean youngest, Leangelo Ball's youngest or, brother. Or Leangelo Ball. <laughs> the youngest son of one LeVar Ball. It is LaMelo Ball. Love those names. So LaMelo Ball was the youngest son of LeVar Ball. After Lonzo started at UCLA, there was, of course, the issue with Leangelo in China, potentially stealing from a store. And then Leangelo and LaMelo ended up playing in the Lithuanian Trunk Meat League, I believe is what it was referred like to that. as. So LaMelo ended up going back, playing uh, high school, actually in Ohio, at uh, Spire Academy up near Cleveland, yeah, at least Northeast Ohio, uh, and then ended up playing for the Illawarra Hawks in uh, Australia. So he is a 6'8", 180 uh, point guard, uh, just over 19 years old. Uh, a lot of the comps that you're getting are like a Jalen Rose, Sean Livingston type. The big thing about him is uh, obviously great size at 6'8", yeah. great ball handler, great passer, one of those guys that can really make plays and set up the rest of your teammates. The one problem that you have, even though he has a lot of the physical gifts and things that you look at, is he has that... Oh, that shot, man. That ball family shot. God, what is Lonzo that? Lonzo has that over-the-head one. He has this one where from the it hip. looks like he was... Yeah, from the hip Ugh. that... You know, he's been shooting half-court shots. He's he got was that like gunslinger shot, you're saying. So he's got – he's inconsistent. Doesn't you know. work in the NBA. Yeah. You can't have – the one thing is when you have these long releases, it's almost like an NFL quarterback. You know, people can tell when you're going to throw and put their hands up. So, you know, it's a weird motion. He shot less than 30%, you know, in his limited time in Australia. Uh, poor three-point shooter. Not great at free throws. So it's one of those things as a point guard – you have to be able to hit open shots or they're going to Ben Simmons you and just stand back and say, hey, shoot the ball all day. Oh, Ben Simmons. Yeah. Hey, he knocked one down, so he's good. Finally. He did knock one down. Uh, the, the other, the second prospect, uh, a guy that was very highly recruited uh, coming out of Georgia but was kind of locked in Georgia being a mediocre team run by Tom Crane, it's Anthony Edwards. Uh, he's a shooting guard, 6'5", 225, out of Georgia, uh, some very generous comps in uh, Dwayne Wade or Donovan Mitchell. He's one of those guys, once again, that looks like a perfect basketball player. Uh, size, strength, the guy has amazing hops, great speed, can create his own shot, yeah. You know, can jump over anybody. But the problem that you have for him is he's one of those guys that 
has not been very assertive at being able to, you know, take his own shot. Sometimes when you take guys at number one, they want to, you know, you expect them to be able to take over games. You expect them, you know, they have the biggest dick in the room. They better act like it. Yeah. Yeah. So he needs to be more assertive. And then, you know, when he gets more assertive, sometimes he tries to make a few too many plays and, you know, shot selection goes down. So work on shot selection, be more assertive. And then, Sometimes he's a little bit aloof mentally where it's like there are some, you know, some IQ, you know, basketball IQ or defensive awareness mistakes. And some of that might just be once you get in the league and they kind of drill that into your head. Right. Not something I'm super worried about, but it's definitely a question mark for him. Came into his pro day out of, out of weight or overweight and out of shape a little bit. Yeah, a little, a little overweight too, which could be an issue. But, you know, once again, one of those guys that has the size and the speed, so... It could be trying to bulk up a little bit. Skill sets there, just uh, attitude maybe. Not saying he's a bad attitude, but... The last one might not be fully in, um, you know, what Minnesota's looking for. Right now, Minnesota building around uh, center Carl Anthony Towns, who was the number one pick a a couple years ago, along with number two pick from the same draft, D'Angelo Russell, being their point guard. So looking for maybe another, you know, off-ball guard or or a highly, you know, talented wing so you have james wiseman out of memphis now the big knock on wiseman is played three games at memphis had some eligibility issues because of memphis head coach penny hardaway helping him to move back before he was the coach of memphis so ended up basically being suspended until january ended up just deciding to leave the program so the big question with him is just there's not a whole lot of tape only three games he played and that was against you know much lower competition you know like uic and stuff like that so uh potential issues with not knowing a whole lot about him and then in high school there were some issues with once again his motor how much he wants it how much he wants to uh you know really go after every play sometimes taking plays off but he is i mean He's a giant at 7'1", 235, has oh a seven six wingspan, is quick on his feet, and is a great rim, rim protector. So maybe not exactly today's basketball player. You know, not quite the big men league that it used to be, yeah. but certainly a guy that can cause some issues, you know, in the paint. And is one of those things that's been shown. If you have a good rim protector, it can definitely change the outlook of a game for certain teams. Well... Uh, Greg, are there any other like big, big prospects, uh, out of the top, you know, 10 to 20 that you personally like in this draft? Uh, yeah. So I think one of the other guys that, uh, you know, maybe, maybe the league is, uh, kind of sleeping on, uh, he's one of those guys that I've seen go anywhere from like number three to number eight. Uh, one of the guys that I'd be interested in to see the Cavs take, we'll get into the, who most of the experts say the Cavs are going to take, but, uh. Onyeka Okongwu, uh, he's a 6'9", power forward out of USC. He's one of those guys that, you know, is projected as like a top, you know, kind of stretch four guy. Uh, he's a great rim protector. He's fast. He's rangy. Uh, he's got great pick and roll. So he's one of those guys that really fits into today's NBA where he can, you know, run the pick and roll, either float out and take a jumper or get to the rim. Uh, great on, you know, finishing around the rim. Does need to work a little bit offensively. Sometimes relies on just his athleticism instead of being able to make those shots. But if he can improve as a shooter, he will be one of the steals of the draft. All right, all right. 
Uh, so we've got Greg's steal of the draft in Ooh. here. I know, Greg, you're very excited for Wednesday night. Are you going to be like pre-gaming this, like glued to the TV for this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Every bit of it. I wouldn't expect anything every less bit of from it. you. Every bit of it. Every single pick, be on edge. Well, because I know <laughs> you're, uh, you're Cleveland Cavaliers, Ohio's professional association team. Sometimes they're professional, yeah. Sometimes they're professional. They try to be professional. Uh, they've got some needs. What needs are they trying to address in this draft? And uh, what, is, what is your prediction? Um, I guess what are the experts, as you said, saying that they're going to take with the fifth pick of the 2020 draft? Yeah, so uh, most of... The guys that I mentioned at the top, you know, uh, Lamelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, James Wiseman, probably going to be off the board before you know the Cavs get on the clock at five. Uh, what they're mainly looking for, I would say, would be either some two guard help or some wing help. You know, they have currently Kevin Love, obviously on their max contract uh, at the power forward position. Might be trading him. That's kind of up in the air. But right now they have him. They have Andre Drummond, who's the center they traded for last year, who opted back in, will be a free agent after this year, but they have a stable of big men. They have, uh, you know, their last two top 10 draft picks were Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, both at the point guard spot, have been kind of trying to play them together. Be interesting to see what the fit is going for forward, especially with, you know, some size and defensive issues. So my guess would be either kind of a, taller combo guard that can guard you know twos and threes or maybe a wing slash stretch four someone that's in the you know six six to six ten range that can kind of play both the three and the four potentially maybe learn behind kevin love especially if they plan on trading him uh so the two names that i am hearing from most draft experts uh are both you know in that forward range small power forward you know six eight six nine range uh the one that a number of uh, experts are saying that people might not know because there's one that i would say people know pretty well in ohio and one that i would say people don't really know well in ohio <laughs> the one that people probably don't know that well is uh denny avdija he's uh, a he's forward. my favorite foreign player he's a uh, forward out of israel played for Maccabi tel aviv uh does have some highlights on YouTube if you ever want to check him out, kind of get his game. He's one of those, uh, you know, he's 6'9", 215. He's one of these, you know, fluid European kind of wings. Doesn't quite have the, you know, the foot speed, which is one of those things that you worry about against some of those quicker players, but certainly has uh, good ball handling for his size. Great, I mean, great passability. Really knows how to find the good passes. A fluid finisher but needs to work a little bit on his shooting, but mostly he needs to kind of work on his body to develop into an NBA player because the bumps and bruises that you get in Europe aren't quite as bad as what you'd get right, in the NBA. Right. A lot more physical of a league. You get a lot of those big, strong guys. But, uh, you know, I know NBC said he is too intriguing of a prospect to pass up on if he's there at five. Some people are saying maybe he'll, he'll be gone before the Cavs get there you know, get their uh, opportunity to pick, but certainly an intriguing prospect, a guy that I have my worries about his athleticism and his ability to really produce. And I think that's kind of one of the questions that you have transitioning from the European to, you know, the NBA game, but definitely a intriguing prospect and a name that if he's there, 
there's a good chance that the, the Cavs will be calling his name at five. The other one is a local guy, at least where he went to college. It is uh, Obi Toppin out of Dayton. Uh, he's one of the top-ranked power forwards in the draft. Some people have, uh, as I mentioned, Onyeka Okongwu kind of ahead of him. So those are the two big power forward prospects. Uh, he is comped by, honestly, two of my favorite players, Kenyon Martin and Sean Marion. Oh, nice. I think oh, right. Kmart. He, he's a big guy at 6'9", uh, great jumping ability. But the one thing that's really impressive about Toppin is though he was a little bit of a late bloomer, he is a guy that's about three years older than a lot of the prospects mm-hmm. because he took the redshirt year and then two two college years where most guys would just have the one year. wasn't exactly as highly touted coming out of college as a lot of these other guys. But as phenomenal shooting mechanics, is one of those guys that had you know, great numbers just shooting the ball from everywhere. So certainly a guy that could help space the floor a little bit more, add some extra offensive punch. Sometimes the Cavs had struggled with who exactly was going to take all the shots. So having another guy there. Issue, once again, is age. You wonder if he's more fully developed, so be tough to change him. Does, uh, you know, doesn't always move super well on defense, needs mm. to be able to move a little bit better, be better defensively, and then also get better from the free throw line. But he's also a guy that if, you know, the draft doesn't exactly go as a lot of people are saying, and maybe uh, Adija is out, maybe, you know, Wiseman is gone pretty early as well. Maybe the Cavs are looking at Toppin because there are a few places that do like the fit of Obi Toppin. Once again, Cavs looking for, you know, a guy at the 3-4 spot. You could see... Top and making the short trip from Dayton up to Cleveland. I know that'd make a lot of Ohio fans happy and make our job easy if uh, oh, yeah. Top and were to stay in Ohio and join the Cavs. Speaking of guys in Ohio, we obviously just talked about Top and. Are there any other guys? Uh, maybe some Ohio State products, some UC products, or, uh, maybe some Mac products. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the the one issue that you have here is you don't get the full, you know, off-season. You don't get the summer league. So that's right. going to hurt a lot of these mm-hmm. kind of fringe prospects. I don't know exactly what the NBA plan is for, like, a G League or anything this year. They haven't fully gotten into that. But there are two guys kind of around that second-round undrafted look. Uh, you have... One of the Wesson brothers, Caleb Wesson, who was, you know, a preseason All-American, did have some injury issues. Uh, big center, can shoot the ball from the outside, mm-hmm. but not no. quite as tall as you'd want to and also yeah. has a little bit to be desired as far as... Uh, I think athleticism. Athleticism mm-hmm. and rim protection. Yeah. So he's a guy that, you know, could find his way into a team. I think him and then our next guy, I think are going to be really hurt by the fact that it's not a normal draft year where, you know, both of these guys would have zero problem getting picked up at least on a summer league team and have a chance to earn their way into a team. The other one is, uh, you know, Cincinnati star over the last couple of years, Jaron Cumberland out of Wilmington, uh, you know, great UC player really struggled with injuries also this year, you know, a lot of hip and ankle injuries. So kind of was projected to be maybe second round, maybe moving up. Now it's kind of looking in that like undrafted, maybe could sneak into one of those late picks, uh, you know, a guy who's got uh, good size, obviously. He's, you know, 6'5", a little bit to be 
wanted with you know uh his speed and also the shooting motion is is a little bit off so mm-hmm. a guy that has some skills that are there but both of those guys project you know to be undrafted but could maybe find their way in, in a bench role if things fall as they may or but unfortunately up. as we mentioned don't have that mm. training camp and everything else to kind of work things out like a normal season because they both certainly have nba skills to them it's just right situation and right time and unfortunately this is a very tough time to kind of break through in that area well yeah like uh should be like you said should be an interesting draft this year you know not a real clear consensus on how things are go uh, as uh, certainly not as there has been in the past and a lot of trades being discussed yeah. i know the Cavs have been i mean i've seen anywhere from the Cavs moving up to two to the Cavs dropping back to 10 to people moving around is Golden State going to keep their pick? So a lot of intrigue that could be happening on Wednesday night. Yeah, it should be very interesting. You can watch it on ESPN at 7 o'clock. Again, the Cavs have the fifth pick in the NBA draft this year. We'll start off with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, it should be a very interesting night. A lot of moving pieces going on. NBA season will tip off December 22nd of this year, so it's going to be a quick turnaround for these guys. Uh, again, Some of these guys, some teams haven't played yeah. since March. I've been fiending for Cavs basketball. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're the only one. Cavs basketball is going to return. (laughs) Get it all started with the association draft on Wednesday. Tweet us your thoughts. 30 Rack Sports. And now, Zach's reciting of the con. An imperial version of the beloved opera cream stout with bonbonnery bakery. Conditioned on opera cream coffee beans for luscious notes of vanilla, light roast, and heavy chocolate. And I can tell you guys, I can taste all of it. Yeah. They, they did a all really, really good all job. Of it. They did. Balancing all that out. And uh, was that luscious, you said? Because it is a very luscious beer. Yeah. Just is very, uh, very soothing. Very luscious, soothing. Flavorful. All of it. It's got the... It's a little bit of a simple can design, but you got the colors of the cake kind of striping around the can. So it's a very nice, just calming can, calming beer, oh, calming yeah, taste. Yeah. And it's just the great way to end a meal or start out a day of NFL watching and podcasting. Now, I think, unfortunately, Josh, right, we you can't get this anymore. Yeah, I don't I don't think this is being produced right now. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe next year um, when... People start getting into stouts again. Yeah. It'll come back out because uh, it is really good. It's really well done by platform. Uh, and, yeah, the can, not not nothing crazy, but, you know, I like, the like can. you said, simplistic. luscious. Yeah, luscious and soothing, simplistic, uh, just like cake or, uh, or pie should be. Whether, I'm going to call it a cake. I yeah, don't, don't want to argue it about it. You guys can call I'll, it, I'll as, call it a cake. As someone that... <laughs> There's three guys on a show that we know is is luscious and soothing to the ears. We're the ones to really tell you about whether a beer is luscious and soothing. So oh, I'd second stay that. with yeah. us for the rest of the show and try not to get too upset with Josh and Zach's terrible takes. Always got to get one last shot in. Yeah, don't don't listen to him. What is brewing, Ohio? What is brewing? Uh, well, we've just got some anniversaries that we missed, actually. Uh, totally just overlooked them. One of them, 
uh, is our dear friends at Fretboard Brewing. You guys remember Fretboard? What with the Bootsy and all. Oh yeah, our good our good friend Bootsy yeah. Collins, of course. Shout out Bootsy Collins, who I need to listen to this. Uh, that record's out now that we talked about way oh, back really? on that show. That record's out. Uh, I need, yeah. It's gotten great reviews. I need to listen to the new Bootsy Collins. Yeah, we'll check Mark it out. Mark that down with our secretary, please. It's Bootsy. Bootsy. Uh, but happy third anniversary, late. To fretboard brewing here in Cincinnati, uh, they are doing uh, another good rocker out there. Uh, a beer called Crazy Train, um, Black Sabbath. Yep, black, yep. Some uh, some Aussie Sharon. Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Train is out now. Um, it's uh, only for a limited time. It is a triple Belgian pale ale, which just sounds. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Ooh, that sounds good. That does. Sharon, um, pick up some for me. <laughs> and then another brewery that's near and dear to us for reasons that we won't get into, the Hairless Hair Brewing Company up in Vandalia, Ohio. Yeah. Uh, it's right there next to the Hawks and the Did Hallmark. you have the peanut butter? Uh, I did. It's delicious. And their peanut butter yeah. mortar is so good. That I did not really get good. to have their uh, anniversary stout. I was mm. too stuck on some other things in uh, the meadery, that, the Blackbird meadery that is also there. Um, but they have a lot of like really heavy hitting. They had like five or six stouts on. Right they had now, like and... a sour stout last time we were there that was delicious, but was also like tasted like a five percent beer and was like a nine percent beer. Yeah, it was feeling good afterwards. Heavy... <laughs> they have some heavy hitters there. Um, and yeah, that that chocolate peanut butter at yeah. Buckeye Nation. Yeah, I think that, is what that, it's that was that was that good. porter that they have up yeah. there is fantastic. So happy seventh anniversary to Hairless Hair in Vandalia. Uh, and then there's this other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about. Um, Go on. <laughs> I, I, I like seafood and such. I love um, seafood. Yeah. Big big seafood guy here. I'm on a seafood diet. Oh. I see food and I eat it. <laughs> and you're getting on uh, yeah, you're getting Anthony Casher Vinci yeah. for his. Oh, my God. Uh, so Noble Beast in Terrestrial Brewing up in the uh, greater Cleveland area. They brewed this stout, and I'm just going to read you the description of this stout that the two breweries uh, tried to make this roasty, savory, and I quote, slightly briny stout. It is brewed with 60 Indian Cove oysters from Kate's Fish Market in Cleveland. No. No. Out. Out. (laughs) Uh, It's called the Oysterizer, and... uh, we have to get some, and that should be the uh, screw the forty bet, the oyster bet. If the drink is oyster beer, I, I, you know, once the Browns and the Bengals play in the uh, AFC Championship game, maybe. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want to try this one. I mean, what what possesses you to brew to put oysters in beer? My cons- if you like to paint the sidewalk, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My concern is the. Uh, I tend to stay away from anything that's described as briny. Yeah. That's that's kind of worrisome to me. I can imagine what the smell of that is. I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> knock the beer too much because I know there are people out there that do like oysters uh, and especially like stouts and they see this and they're like, oh yeah, have them do that. And but briny beers? I don't. I, I'm intrigued though. I, I'm not yeah, going to lie. If someone like, wants to pick us some up, I'll try it. Terrestrial Brewing and Noble Beast, you... Definitely have my interest, but I I really got a, wow, oyster beer. I I never thought I'd see the day. 
No, that's that's one of those that we'll have to maybe try sometime. And like, I'm not trying to rip them. No, maybe I'm not it is. Maybe it, maybe it is good. Maybe. I have an appointment that day. I'm gonna be out. Sorry, yeah. yeah. All yeah, right, well, I, I'm down to try it. Oyster but. beer. We're we're doing things here in Ohio. I don't want to call that a mistake on the lake, but... Maybe. What don't you want to call it? What don't you want to call it? A mistake on the lake. I will jump across <laughs> this table and I will fight you. That's what's brewing in Ohio. <laughs> Talking a little bit of hot stove here on 30 Rack, but before we get to that, once again, another congratulations to the All-Ohio Cy Young winners. Unanimous Biebs for the Indians. Not Justin. Not Justin. Shane Bieber. So Justin Bieber, baby, baby, baby. Oh I God. just want to Cy Young unanimously. <laughs> Is it too late now to say sorry for winning all those Cy Young votes? I don't know any more Bieber songs. You know more than I do. I wasn't even sure you were going with it. <laughs> and, of course, in the NL... Josh, Trevor Bauer, yep. drones and all, drones and all, taking home the uh, the NL Cy Young, but Trevor Bauer now a free agent and has been very vocal on Twitter, as you love to see, and by love I mean hate to see with Trevor Bauer, uh, <laughs> about potential free agent destinations. Uh, Trevor Bauer had mentioned. A couple years ago, that he would only sign one-year deals for the rest. That of his changed career. really quick ever uh, after he hit free agency. His, his yeah agent said we will accept all offers, which means they want a multi-year please deal. Please don't let him. Please don't let what he said stupidly a couple years ago affect him now. All right. So Josh, we'll start with you being on the red side. Trevor Bauer, is he going to be a Rojo next year? Is he going to be in Cincinnati or will he be? I don't know. L.A., New York. Houston, Nagasaki. I don't know. Where's Trevor Bauer going to be next year? <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's hard to say just because he's he's such a troll. Um, you know, he's, he's difficult. Yeah, he's di- and, he, and yeah, he's difficult. Um, and now That's he why has, I threw Nagasaki in there. And now <laughs> he is the Cy Young Award winner. So he kind of uh, definitely has the cards in his hand. Yeah, I mean, uh, a little bit. He does, but you know, he's going to inflate that Cy Young to be like, I need a. Four hundred fifty million. Right. I mean, what's, also, what's he asking a, for now? Uh, twenty twenty nine. I mean, they offered him a qualifier now. The Reds, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah that's they figured they did. Eight point eighteen point yeah. nine three. So he turned that down. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know. You know, during a difficult economic year as well. Right. I don't think he'll sign with the Reds. I don't. The only reason that leads me to think that the Reds have a chance right now is because he he really genuinely likes the Reds organization and that staff that they have. Um, like the Reds made huge upgrades to their pitching staff uh, over the last offseason with Bodie there and everything. Um, and I think he really, he's even mentioned guys to where they're down doing the mathematics of his like spin rate and how, you know, the small, tiny little mechanics of that stuff. Right. And he seems to really genuinely appreciate that and that the Reds have that in their club. But I don't think the Reds are really in the position to like be, you know, spending money as teams like the White Sox or the Mets, maybe. You know, the White or Sox the Yankees. or the Yankees. Who really need pitching. Um, and I think Bauer wants to also be a part of a contending team. Not that the Reds aren't going to be contending next year, but, you know, you, something like the White Sox or the Mets or the Angels, especially with that Mets rotation, being a part of some, again, 
not to knock on what the Reds have. I think the Reds have these things too. But, you know, going got, back. Got a new owner with money, though. Yeah, got a new owner with money. The richest owner in, in baseball now. In, in the big city, uh, sandwiched in between DeGrom and Syndergaard. That's got to sound That's got to sound just as nice, if not nicer, than the Reds' really cool pitching staff. Right. And, and I think with Bauer, I would say probably the most likely way you see him go back to Cincinnati is who knows how much money these big clubs are going to throw even during this economic time. Maybe you'll get a team that's trying to kind of make some moves. Of course, Reinsdorf inexplicably decided to hire Tony La Russa, so I guess they're going all in. You know, Cohen first year wanting to maybe make a splash. After their manager won, or no, was was one of the top finishers for manager of the year in the yep. American League, which right. is yeah, just Rick, the yeah, White Sox insane. thing to do. Rick Renteria, yeah. <laughs> but uh, one of my thoughts, though, is if maybe the offers don't come in quite as well as he wants to, you know, you see a number of players do that. Maybe another one year prove it and say, hey, maybe after 2021, baseball teams will be in a little bit better economic shape to give me, you right. know. $30 million, and I think if I take a one-year deal here with all the analytics and everything, I think I can put together another solid season yeah, I'm to right even there help with you my that. case. Yeah. yeah, I think I that's think if best goes back case to the for Reds, that. Yeah, it's one year, 20. You know, it's like the Josh Donaldson deal or whatever from a couple of years ago, like one year, 22 million yeah. or something. Right. For that reason, I would place the Reds higher in the uh, Bauer sweepstakes than most experts might. Um, if I had to narrow it down, though, I would say – um, the Mets with the spending money they have, the White Sox are, are one of those teams that are right there. They've got yeah. Encarnacion coming off the books, and they're they've shown in the recent years and this past off season already that they're willing to make some wild moves. But that Mets rotation, if you were to add another guy to that Mets rotation, man, phew, don't man. forget about the Yankees. I, I'm not they're forget, zeroing yeah, in on Bauer from all rumors, and they you know Tanaka's gone. They're not going to bring him back. So you've got. Garrett Cole and nobody. Severino. If he comes back, I mean, he's been in and off the DL for the last like or IL, whatever they call it now. Because they have all the old guys that are bad. Obviously, Herman was a bad guy, so they got rid of him. Then you behind that you got yeah, it's basically Severino if he comes back and uh, if he's the same, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, behind that you've got uh, Garcia and Montgomery, Jordan Montgomery. So, but for the Mets, the one thing that we want to be. 100% 100% clear. Well, two things. One, they're the Mets. True. <laughs> two. Like the Jets. <laughs> two. There are two other very important parts of baseball. The bullpen, which yes. the Mets have been horrendous at, and uh, hitting, which I don't know. Yohannes Cespedes comes back sometimes. And, uh, that guy. Yeah, yeah they have other players. Thing. Pete Alonso. There we go. Yeah. That, that's their offense. I don't really know. Can we also... I don't go through a whole conversation. I thought it was interesting after Cohen bought team that uh, Oma Manaya is back there in the oh, front yeah. office yeah. after he was there with the Mets for like the a decade and a half of, for the most part, pretty bad baseball. So should be interesting how they play that. I don't know. That's that. Was, I thought that was interesting. How about uh, up north though? What are you guys uh, doing with uh, Mr. Lindor? Frankie? Yeah. Uh, so the big news, obviously, Cleveland trying to figure out some off-season moves. Uh, the big one, of course, going to be free agent to be after next year, Francisco Lindor. All signs point to him probably getting dealt. Has to get dealt. Who are we looking at for the possibility of him getting dealt? And, and what would you like in return? Uh, um, I kind of 
that's a tough one. You know, I actually wrote an article this week on clevelandsportstalk.com. Check it out. Kind of look at the high level of the market, and this is going to be – there's so many different things going on with baseball that makes this a weird market. It's hard to really say. Um, probably you're looking at either lot right now – and there'll be some weird team like the Mariners is someone who will come out of the woodwork and you're like, why are you trying to trade when you're not even close? But it, it most likely you're looking at the Angels, Dodgers, and then the two New York teams, the Yankees and Mets. Um, most likely any team who's going to want to sign him is going to need have the belief that they can sign him long term. Those are the four teams that pop into your head that have the money and are willing to spend the money. Um, you know, obviously with the shortened season, I think half the teams are out. I think there's at least half the teams that are saying we're not taking on any new payroll. Yeah. And he's going to he's going to be due upwards of 20 million dollars looks like this year um with arbitration. So you know, breaking those four teams down, I'd say the Mets and Angels are two teams who um have the pieces that the Indians would look for. The Yankees and Dodgers have great farm systems. They don't need him though. You know. I mean, the Dodgers just won the World Series. I know they and, are And Seager is the MVP. Right, so. but they they are very intrigued. Obviously, they're losing Turner, so there have been rumors that if they sign Lindor, they would move Seager to third. Um, that's an option, but I don't think the Indians are going to get what they want from them. I think the same. I think the Yankees are all in on pitching. What might make the Yankees more of a player is the Indians also want to trade Carlos Carrasco. He's due about twelve million this year. Um, they have more than enough pitching depth. They don't need him anymore. So you dangle Carrasco with Lindor. I think the Yankees get involved. Glaber. Well, but they want to move Glaber back to second. That's been on. That's been. Yeah, on their I think if you package to move him, package Carrasco to that. I right, think you could really get some return there. Yeah, prospect wise, should at least. No, I mean, if you you're should, on the Indians, I want Glaber. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't sound like Torres is really on the market. They don't want to trade him. They want to move him to second. Yeah, but I mean, Glaber would but, be a nice... Uh, if you want Lindor, you're going to have to bring up someone that you don't want to trade. No, I agree. Um, rumors I've read state the Indians are looking for... Um, preferring a shortstop. I don't really understand that. I mean, they have a ton of depth at shortstop. They're not competing in the next two years. I, Yeah, I mean, Glaber would be nice. I'd gladly take Glaber. Or uh, someone <clears throat> like a potential former Indians prospect to help out with Clint some Frazier was yeah that would be my that's who I would zero in on they need outfield help their outfield's atrocious I I mean one of us could go run out there and probably oh, the I, same numbers no I could I know deep right? in my heart I know you I just got to be able to hit like a hundred my knees don't think I can but yeah. <laughs> deep in my heart I know I could um yeah so they, they gotta look at some high-end prospects I think because of the market one-year deal basically is what he's left on his deal that hurts the Indians I don't think you're gonna see a Bartolo Cologne haul um, if people forget, and that Hall, besides Lee Stevens was in that deal, he's a throwaway. But other than that, you got Grady Sizemore, Brandon Phillips, and Cliff Lee for Bartolo yeah. Colon. I mean, that's a hell of a haul. Phillips yeah. obviously didn't pan out in Cleveland, but proved he was worth the hype once he went got to Cincinnati. I don't think you'll get something like that. Um, I think it'd be something smaller but similar to what they probably got with the uh, Clevenger deal, which was a lot of players. Not a ton of high-end prospects. So if they're looking for major league-ready prospects, you're probably looking at a one, maybe two. Yeah, and I mean Frazier would fit that bill because he doesn't really have a spot in that Yankee right. outfield. So I mean Frazier, I would, I was bummed when they traded Frazier. I thought they should have traded Zimmer instead of Frazier. I think I was right. Uh, down between those two, the Indians tried to keep Frazier. He obviously got or Zimmer. He got hurt. 
Um, so that'll be interesting. I don't, you know, like I said, though, a lot of teams aren't going to want to add money. Um, he had a down year. I think most people will look at his track record. And here he has a hell of a track record for only being 28 or it'll be 28 going into next year. But I think that hurts bargaining power. And then teams, when you're looking at trade value, it's not just the player. You're buying the number of years under control. So teams will use that against them. I, I don't know. Those are the four teams I see. I think the Angels are an interesting team. They have a ton of high-end outfield talent. And you have to start to wonder, when are you going to try to put a team together to get Mike Trout? use Mike Trout. That's why I have the Angels, had the Angels in there as a dark horse. Now. Right. As a dark horse well, for Bauer. Yeah. yeah, exactly. For Bauer, yeah. Yeah, because... Yeah. How, yeah, how it, you cannot keep doing this to the poor man. You got to put a team together. I agree. For Trout. And they added um, who they had last year? They added uh, the Turner. Oh no, um, Rendon. Rend- yeah. Rendon. Sorry, I don't know. I Ian Turner. Yeah, Rendon. So I mean, they've added some piece. I agree. They need some pitching. Maybe a a, a Carrasco Lindor deal there. Uh, get another piece, and maybe they go after Bauer. I I think the Angels are a dark horse in both of these because uh, Moreno will spend money. He's shown that. Yeah. I mean, they're still paying Josh Hamilton twenty plus million dollars a year. So um it'll be interesting. I'm excited, but I, I think none of us know with either of these guys what that market's gonna look yeah. like. I'd say we get a better idea on how this market's gonna play once uh if like you were saying earlier, Greg, off the show, we don't know what's going on with winter meetings yet. Right. Excuse me. Uh so once that if winter meetings happen, then I think we might get some some traction. More, Once we start yeah, seeing more some, traction in there, some other dominoes fall. I think. Right. Yeah, and uh, with all that, let us know. Do you see either of these players in the state of Ohio next year, uh, Lindor Bauer? If not, where do you see them? Uh, you know, we mentioned for both teams. You know, Yankees, Angels, Mets. Who knows? Let us know at Thirty Racket Sports. Who's going to be setting off the hot stove this year? Bauer, Lindor, or someone else? We're talking a little bit of football, not football. Talking a little bit of soccer here in the MLS with the Audi Cup playoffs coming up. (laughs) The crew, of course, starting versus the New York Red Bulls. FC Cincinnati... Josh, I had a little bit of trouble finding them on the graphic. Who are they playing round one? Uh, well, I don't think we could field a team right now since we cut everyone on Monday. Okay. So. Uh, the uh, FCC not qualifying. Uh, so we have Hell Yeah or Hell Not talking about one of the teams from the Hell is Real Derby in the Columbus crew and their chances at the MLS Cup. Uh, as we mentioned, playing the New York Red Bulls in the first round, uh, 16 teams qualifying. So our question, we'll start with you, Josh. Do you think the crew will make it to the MLS Cup? Hell yeah or hell nah? To the MLS Cup championship game. Yes. Make it there. Hell yeah. I think they can. Uh, yeah, even even uh, from the other side of the rivalry, I think they can. I've said it. I've said it from the beginning of the well, the beginning of the MLS back tournament. Uh, Columbus has a real team put together right now, and uh, their championship window is definitely open. 
Um, I, I think their biggest challenge is that they would have to get past Toronto to get there, most likely. Toronto being the two seed. I know they're the three seed. They'll host against the New York Red Bulls, which is great that they don't have to go to New York. Uh, but they've lost twice to Toronto this year. Um, they drew once on a good game, but Toronto's a really good team. Have uh, won a lot of cups, um, whether it be MLS Cups, Canadian Cups, or what have you. They've got a very solid team up there. So uh, Columbus has a lot of firepower, though, and a very creative midfield um, that I think they can work their way. I think if they can get past Toronto, then they can hang with Philadelphia and get there. Hell yeah. We'll have to ask the soccer expert next in Zach. Zach. The aficionado himself. The aficionado of the MLS. Mr. Football himself, Zach. Hell yeah or hell not. I don't know. I'm just caught up that they have to sponsorship the name of their championship (laughs) game. But, uh, I mean, yeah, ditto to Josh. I don't know. Fuck it. Yeah, they're in it, right? So anybody's got a shot. Sure. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) That deep take insight right there. Wow, that deep take insight. Um, I know this might shock both of you guys. I'm going to go, hell yeah, they're going to win it. They're going to win it all. Oh, where's the contrarian at? Where's the contrarian at? I was waiting for you to say, hell no. No. They were one of the best teams in the league early in the season when they were healthy, had some injuries, most notably uh, MLS Newcomer of the Year, Lucas Zillarayan in their midfield. Uh, He's healthy now. Uh, Eloy Room playing uh, their goalkeeper, healthy again, getting healthy, you know, in the – on the wings with Santos and everybody. Um, Jossie Zardes has looked great this year. I actually had as many goals by himself as uh, the entire FCC team did this year, just to throw that stat out there for you. Damn. Um, but I think the team's getting healthy again at the right time. They showed they were the top team, at least points-wise, in the MLS as a completely healthy team. If they can keep themselves healthy and avoid any sort of nagging injury bug, I think they, they put everybody through the table. Toronto, no issue. The only issue is uh, where they're they going to yeah. mount that hardware. All right, uh, in wow. The new, in the bold, new stadium. Bold hot take. Hot take from uh, the Yeah. Uh, I don't know all right, if I wait, go wait, that far. Wait, 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 wait. He's so confident right now. We need to put something on this. Uh, I don't uh, know. I don't know. He's he's uh, he's, he's pretty. Uh, okay, he's not a real. Okay, well, we'll keep I mean, he I doesn't mean, have full confidence. I mean, what 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 are we talking about? You know what we're talking about. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, there's got to be some sort of. Uh, <laughs> if you want to make the bet, then there's gonna have to be some kind of. Yeah. On your side. If they if they win it, I'll drink one. How about if they make it? Make it. Yeah. Oh, damn. All right. Up in how many like rounds is this? I don't. <laughs> it's uh so there's I mean, eight they do teams like in each side. Teams, so they basically have to win out of eighty. So they'd have to win three games. Three games. Uh, sure. All right. Forty bet. If the crew make it, Zach's got to drink a forty. If they don't make it, then I'll be drinking another forty and uh, making a fool of myself again on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Thirty Rack of Sports. Of course, a little different this week, recording before football, but. Uh, you know, a lot to get into in other sports with the MLS Cup, the draft, and uh, the hot stove heating up, you know, and some other sports. So certainly great to get all of that. Uh, once again, want to thank Platform Brewing and their uh, collab with the Bon Bonnery in Cincinnati, their uh, Opera Cream Coffee Stout. Uh, it was a very good stout. Once again, can't say it, you know, enough 
good mm. things about the stout. I'm not a huge stout guy, but this is just a lovely like post dinner kind of uh, dessert beer. Or early morning. Yeah, little hair of the dog. Yeah. Little hair of the dog. It's great, too. man. It's great beer. Good for platform. Yep. Well, we want to cheers them, but then also, uh, guys, we have any other cheers to end off the day? Josh, do you have anything? Uh, yeah. I'll uh, give a shout out to uh, the kids, the student athletes in Ohio. It is championship week in Ohio. Um, Whoa. Uh, and I know uh, division two through seven or whatever we have, uh, football championships are next weekend since they had some more teams and everything. But it's been a hard year for student athletes and athletic mm-hmm. directors and coaches and like anyone that has a hand in that stuff. So like kudos to everyone for getting it off and uh, not just for football, but for soccer. Um, I know down here in Cincinnati, uh, the uh, Marymount Warriors Boys Soccer Club went a perfect season and won their first state championship ever. Uh, St. X Bombers dominated Pickerington Central. I mean, absolutely thrashed them. One kid had four touchdown receptions in the first quarter. It's crazy. 40-43, the St. X Bombers won the Division One football state championship. But congratulations to all the champions in Ohio winning their high school state championships this week. Zach, you got anything to cheers this week? I don't, no. Oh, nothing. Uh, <laughs> nothing? Nothing from his end. Just cheers in sports in general. Cheers in sports, yeah. Sports and some beer. Always a great weekend. Didn't have Ohio State to cheers this I week. I did so, not, no. no. Looking bummer. forward to next weekend. I guess, you know, Bieber, you know. Yeah, went in and uh, you know Ramirez being a uh, AL MVP finalist. Only Cleveland could have a potential AL MVP and Cy Young award and still uh, get swept in the first round of the playoffs. That's yeah, right there. sounds like them. Yeah. Well, I'm also going to stay in Cleveland, but just give a cheers in general. Uh, you know, this past week was Veterans Day, so shout vets. out to all the vets out there, and of course, one special vet from the Ohio sports scene. The uh, the first guy from the MLB to enlist in the Navy after Pearl Harbor, former Indians pitcher, the heater from Van Meter, of course, Bob Feller. So shout out to him, all the veterans from that that era that you know served so valiantly, and then also just all the veterans this week. Have Hopefully you had a good week and got to crack open a couple nice cold brews while watching some sports this week. So guys, any last parting thoughts? No, I had, this was a fun episode. A little break from the from the pigskin, which I think we uh, could have used, but uh, we'll get into it though. We'll we'll get yeah. into it next week. <laughs> we'll get into it. Things are heating up. Things yeah. are heating up. I mean, playoff picture starting to take some form in the NFL. I know we have two big games next weekend: Ohio State, Indiana, Cincinnati playing UCF. So a whole lot more to look well, forward heck, to. Well, heck, guys, you know what we next got a preview weekend. next week. College basketball starting. College oh, basketball, yeah. the round ball. I mean, ready gonna, to rock. It's gonna really, and then three weeks later, we got the crosstown shootout in Cincinnati. I mean, we're ready to go here. Get to the end, the finish line of 2020. Yep. So we're ready. We've got a we've got a full fridge full of beer ready to go. So uh, be sure to look forward to our new episodes every Monday. Thank you so much for listening to Thirty Rack of Sports. For Josh on the drop mics and the ones and twos. For Zach. With the opinions, I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports. Peace. See you.